Today is Monday, November the 20th, 2023, and this is a Daily Inc. update. House Speaker Mike Johnson fulfilled a promise that he made to House Republicans as he became Speaker, something that Kevin McCarthy also made as Speaker of the House, but never fulfilled. That promise was the release of the camera footage inside the Capitol building on January 6th, 2021. This latest release of 15 hours corroborates what was already alluded to by Tucker Carlson when he was on Fox News and was able to get hold of some of that camera footage. The footage shows the vast majority of people quietly milling about the hallways of the Capitol building, taking selfies and even talking to police who were standing there in the hallways while everyone walked by. This recurring type of behavior is in stark contrast to the claims that were made by many Democrats and liberal-leaning Republicans that this was all an insurrection and a planned attack that is the domestic version of the 911 terror attack in New York City. One particular video even has Utah Senator Mike Lee commenting on it. The video shows two Capitol Police officers walking a handcuffed man to a side hallway that is unpopulated by people. The man is then released from his handcuffs and can be seen fist bumping one of the officers before he leaves the area. This footage adds to the mounting evidence that even House congressional members have brought to light that the FBI or other similar informants were planted within the crowds to stir up aggressive actions and incite the people. Senator Mike Lee posted that video on social media and then said that he enters that particular hallway all the time and has never seen anything like that before when it comes to a Capitol Police officer fist bumping someone that he appears to have just arrested. House Speaker Johnson says there is a total of 40,000 hours yet to be released and it'll come in increments. It's all available on the House Administration Committee website. A liberal judge in a liberal state gives a surprise ruling in favor of Donald Trump. Judge Sarah Wallace says that Trump can have his name placed on the presidential primary ballot in that state. Despite the efforts of a group of voters and the organization called Citizens for Responsibility, who launched the lawsuit to try and keep Trump's name off of the ballot. One of Trump's attorneys, Scott Gessler, spoke on Newsmax after the ruling, saying it really was a surprise. Uh, so from the very start, they argued that uh, President Trump uh, you know, engaged in an insurrection. What they really did, their whole strategy was to rely on the January 6th report. Uh, so a lot of our strategy was to remove, to make sure that the January 6th report was not admitted into evidence uh, because it was so biased and so political. Unfortunately, the judge, uh, the judge allowed that report in, which uh, we argued and I still think is just absolute poison. I mean, to allow a court to rely on a politicized document like that is completely inappropriate. Not only, uh, And then, of course, we argue the, the legal law, the legal part, which was this doesn't apply to President Trump. And finally, and most importantly, uh, the people of the state of Colorado, uh, Americans, we're the ones who get to choose who our president is. Uh, it shouldn't be a court deciding who can and can't be on the ballot. It's very anti-democratic otherwise. So, um, so she ultimately followed that last argument. Meanwhile, Trump was down in Edinburgh, Texas on Sunday, helping serve a Thanksgiving meal to law enforcement officers and the Texas National Guardsmen who have been working to protect the state's border as part of Operation Lone Star. Texas Governor Greg Abbott also took part in that event and endorsed Trump in the Republican presidential primary race. The U.S. Supreme Court declines to allow the enforcement of a law in Florida while that law continues to be appealed. 
The state law puts a ban on drag shows allowing children to view or participate. Justices Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett cited procedural grounds as the reason for why they sided with the liberal justices of that court. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed the bill into law this year in which it empowers the state to revoke the license of an establishment or restaurant that admits a minor to a live performance that depicts any type of nudity, sexual conduct, or other sexual activities. A lawsuit was then launched and an injunction was placed on the implementation of the state law by one of the courts. The state of Florida is appealing to the 11th Circuit Court, but in the meantime, they also asked the U.S. Supreme Court to issue a partial stay of that injunction so that the law could still be enforced on businesses that are not part of the lawsuit. However, the high court denied that request, saying they would let the 11th Circuit Court deal with the broader First Amendment issues that arise within this case. There was a story covered here about two months ago of a secret Chinese biolab that was discovered in Reedley, California, and it was in a horrendous state of disarray and dysfunction. Vials were found that contained specimens of HIV and Ebola, as well as thousands of mice carrying the COVID-19 virus. Now there are more details emerging from the story, like the fact that $1.3 million was sent to the lab from banks in China. The House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party have released a report that showed that this private lab was able to set up and operate in that state with a simple business license. The 42-page report also criticizes the Center for Disease Control and other federal agencies for not regulating or investigating that lab and its possession of hazardous materials. Even more disturbing in that report is the fact that local officials were constantly asking for help from the CDC regarding lab operations but were ignored or even hung up on. According to the Epic Times, the lab first came to light to the local officials when a green garden hose was spotted coming out of the side of a warehouse. This was spotted by a code enforcement officer who believed that building to be vacant. So far, one arrest has been made in this case, and that is of Ji Bei Zhu, who was arrested this past October by the Food and Drug Administration agents. These national story updates have been brought to you by Open Inc., a website that is a repository of documents for those who like deep digging, critical thinking, and true journalism, where the facts speak for themselves. Up next, a preview of what is coming and what is available on the Open Inc. website. Well, this recent release of the raw, undoctored January 6th camera footage is a big development, especially for those who have not bought into the whole forced insurrection narrative coming from the mainstream media and Washington Democrats. Now, I mentioned in the news report that the videos taken from inside the Capitol depict a primarily peaceful group of people walking the halls, as well as the unusual interaction between Capitol Police and a so-called insurrectionists who they made a show of walking down the hall in handcuffs only to release him and then fist bump him. There is also some outside footage that's been released of the crowds that are on the terrace side of the Capitol building where the presidential inauguration ceremony is held. That footage shows the whole area filling in with Trump supporters right below the terrace wall and no one is breaching that wall until police started to shoot rubber bullets and tear gas into the crowds. Here are the words of Sergeant Edwards as he's heard on his Axon body camera before that whole area gets filled in with angry protesters. In case you couldn't distinguish what he said, he was saying that every person getting hit by these stink bombs or tear gas are only getting 10 more angrier 
that the police are multiplying the angry people by hitting them, which is exactly right. Here's the audio sounds of police as they yell and launch the various munitions towards the people, which, remember, had not breached that first terrace yet. They wouldn't do so until they were provoked to do so. Yep, they're deploying flashbangs on us. And here is the testimony of someone on the grounds at the first terrace wall who saw how the D.C. police treated the crowds upon their arrival to that area and how they caused confusion and anger within the group. If they'd never thrown the concussion grenades, if they'd never used a pepper spray, this wouldn't have happened. It was a peaceful protest. I was standing within 15 feet of the line of officers. They started firing at us before anybody did anything to them. We were not rushing them. There was no advance on them. They just started throwing concussion grenades and pepper spray. And finally, I'm going to end with an interview recently done by Tucker Carlson when he was a guest on Russell Brand's Stay Free podcast. Now, remember that before Fox News made the unfortunate decision of kicking Carlson off of their network, he did get access to the January 6th camera footage, and he shared that on his news program. He also conducted an interview with the chief of the Capitol Police, Stephen Sund, and this is what Carlson had to say about all of that. I mean, I had no thought in my head as I watched this happen on television and in the subsequent weeks that U.S., Law enforcement or military agencies had anything to do with it. That never crossed my mind. I never thought there was it was a false flag or anything like that. I'm not a conspiracist by temperament. I never thought that. Um, and then I interviewed the chief of the Capitol Police, Stephen Sund, in an interview that was never aired on Fox. By the way, I was fired before it could air. Um, I, I'm going to interview him again. But Stephen Sund was the totally non-political worked for Nancy Pelosi. I mean, this was not some right-wing activist. He was the chief of the Capitol Police on January 6th. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That crowd was filled with federal agents. What? Yes. Well, he would know, of course, because he was in charge of security at the site. So the more time has passed, now it's been two and a half years, it becomes really obvious that core claims they made about January 6th were lies. And my view about events and about people is if you catch someone telling a lie about one thing, the first question you have is, what else are you lying about? If you say to your wife, where were you? I was at the grocery store. If you find out she was not at the grocery store, then it raises, okay, probably not just lying about being at the grocery store, were you? Like, what is this exactly? Why were you lying about that? And that's kind of the way I feel about January. Like, what is this? What this is, they're clearly lying. That's provable. Why? Um, and you know, I'm the last person I'm often accused of being a conspiracy, not I'm the opposite. I grew up in a very stable country, the United States in the seventies and eighties, where people didn't indulge in conspiracies because there weren't any obvious ones afoot. Right. I mean, we took things at face value. We trusted our government by and large. Um, but I, the amount of lying around January 6th, and it was obvious in the tapes that I showed, um, is really distressing. 
Thanks for listening to this Daily Inc. update.